If you've watched ESPN any time in the last like 40 years, you've certainly seen the images. And even if you're not into sports, if competition's not your thing, when you see them, it's hard not to stop and watch, even if just for a moment. The images that I'm talking about, the images that you've likely seen, is that annual event known as the World's Strongest Man Competition. It's an event where men from all over the world come together to compete in some remarkable events. For instance, the deadlift, where they will lift up to like 900 pounds. There's the truck pull, where they are literally strapped to a semi-truck to see who can pull it the farthest. There's the farmer's walk, where they will walk through an obstacle course carrying massive amounts of weight. There's the car carry, where they literally carry a car. (laughs) Parking at Berean would be so much easier if you'd learned to do that. And then one of the most famous events that they do is called the Atlas Stone. They, they lift these giant 300-pound stones and place them up on a platform. And the question that I always ask is, why? <laughs> like, why would an event like that even happen? Why, why would a, a competition like that even occur? And not only does it occur, it has... 470 million viewers across 70 different countries. To put that in perspective, that's over four times the viewership than the Super Bowl. Why? (laughs) I'll tell you why. Because you and I were wired to be captivated by mighty things. And we see this in so many other ways as well. You know this to be true. It's why people will run to their cell phone just to capture video of a hurricane. It's why millions of dollars will be spent on movies about superheroes and Jedis. It's why we take our kids to the zoo to see mighty animals. It's why millions of people will vacation every year in places like Niagara Falls. Don't you see? We are wired. We are captivated to stand in awe of mighty, powerful things. Which is why this morning... I want to draw your attention for just a moment to a manger. Because in that manger, you're going to discover a child that has a title. A title that is far greater than world's strongest man. That child has the title, Mighty God. Over the last several years, for our Christmas Eve services, we've been meditating on that prophecy from Isaiah, a prophecy some 700 years before Christ was born. And we've just been looking phrase by phrase, title by title. Look at it again in your copy of God's Word or your electronic device or here on the screen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, three years ago we talked about the humanity of Jesus, that God comes in the flesh. To us a son is given, 
The year after, we meditated on the fact that he is divine, he is fully God, he is the Son of God. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Last year, we talked about how the fact that Jesus is our wisdom for life, he is our counselor. But now notice this next title, Mighty God. Join me for just a few, just a few brief minutes as we meditate on what it means that Jesus is mighty God. The the Hebrew there is El Gabor. El is the Hebrew word for the Hebrew word Elohim, which means God. Gabor is the idea of strength and power, a strong one, a, a mighty one. In fact, the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uses the word dunamis, which is where we get our English word dynamite. It is something of great and enormous power and might. This is this child's name, which is quite the name for a baby. It's better than George. No offense, George, right? But Isaiah wants you to get the idea that here is a child, here is a son that is born, and his name is El Gabor, mighty God, which is not what you tend to think of when you think of an eight-pound, three-ounce baby. You don't tend to think power and strength, which is what Isaiah is getting at. In even this infancy state is one that holds more might than your mind can possibly fathom. Listen to what Scripture testifies of this one in the manger, his power and might over creation. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1, verse 15 He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Can I put that in perspective for just a moment? Can I give you a mental image of what this means? Our best, the, the world's strongest men, struggle to put these things in place. And yet a baby in a manger put all these in place. World's strongest man ain't got nothing on mighty God. Amen? This is who is in the manger. This is that child that was born. This is the son that was given. He is El Gabor. He is mighty God. He says, let there be light. And there is. The scripture testifies of his might and power in his birth. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The scripture testifies of his might and power in his ministry. Luke 4 36. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. The scripture testifies of his might and power in his death. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. 
Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. As I have taught you before, Christmas was a declaration of war. Jesus came to fight a battle, and he was victorious over the grave. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. The Scripture testifies not only to His power and strength in death, but also in His resurrection. Romans chapter 1 verse 3 says, Concerning His Son, who is a descendant from David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God, in power according to the Spirit of holiness, by His resurrection from the dead, Christ Jesus our Lord. Acts 2 says he was raised. Do you want to know why he was raised? Because the Bible says death could not hold him. He's the one in the manger. His name is El Gabor. He is mighty God. And lastly, Scripture testifies of his power and might that we will one day, oh, what sweet day it will be when he returns. Listen to Mark chapter 13 and verse 24. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from the heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then, oh, think of this day, Christian, then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with what? Say it with me. Great power and glory. That's who's in the manger. His name, his title is Mighty God. And that's why if you're visiting with us this morning here at Berean, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God for salvation to those who believe. Don't be fooled by a manger. With all the sentimental sights and smells of Christmas, don't forget who you're dealing with. That baby crying in the manger and stumbling as he learned to walk is anything but weak because his life is going to demonstrate from beginning to resurrection and for all eternity, he is El Gabor, mighty God. That's who he is. Now, what does it mean for us? Why is that such good news on Christmas? How should we respond to this mighty one? The first is reverence. Reverence. I hope that you'll receive this this morning. I think it is biblically right to say it. That it is sin... It is sin at Christmas to spend all your time giving gifts and none of your time bowing the knee. As the song says, O come, let us adore Him. O come, let us adore Him. Christ the King. We are wired to be captivated by mighty things and I declare to you there is no one more mighty than mighty God. 
So would you please stop and all the chaos you're in and all the hurriedness that you're involved in and think and pray and cherish and enjoy and behold mighty God. Oh, what your Christmas would be like if you would worship more than you eat. Amen? And that actually wasn't a joke, right? It'd be the best Christmas you've ever had if you'd eat less and worship more. Because that's what El Gabor demands. That's the response. Secondly, this is such good news, is refuge. You can take off your Christmas mask now. Take it off because you're not fooling God. You're here and anything but holly and jolly. Peace on earth is a fairy tale. This has been one of the worst years of your life. You can't wait for 2017 to end. Your family is in crisis. Your job has been a nightmare. You've miscarried. It's the first Christmas without him. It's the first Christmas without her. And your soul is in turmoil. Your soul is in chaos. Here's the good news of mighty God. There is nothing too big in your life that mighty God can't handle. Take refuge in a manger. Take refuge in El Gabor. Mighty God, as the psalmist says, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Corey Ten Boom said it this way, look at the world, you'll be distressed Look within, you'll be depressed, but look at Christ, and you'll be at rest. Would you please, troubled soul, take refuge this Christmas in El Gabor? Lastly, what does this name, what does this revelation of mighty God mean for us? Not just that we should worship and be reverent, not just that we should take refuge in Him, but lastly is some of you here today need to be reconciled. I'll say this as simply as I know how. Uh, no one has ever fought against mighty God in one. And some of you, that's the definition of your life. You've been running from God. You've been fighting against God. You've been trying to live life your own way. And let's be honest, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you may be here and you'd be like, yeah, but if you knew what I've been doing, if you know what I've been involved in, trust me, pastor, he would never, ever receive me. If he's as mighty and holy as you say he is, there's no chance that I could come to him. Here's the good news of the manger this morning. Surrendering to the mighty God is how you find the mercy of God. Be reconciled today. Turn from fighting against him and surrender to him and he will receive you by grace. Faith family, we are wired to be captivated, to stand in awe of mighty things. 
And that's why I invite you to take a long, hard look at a manger. For there, surrounded by the pacing of nervous parents, the sounds of clueless animals, and people who had traveled from afar, what you're going to find is a baby, a child born, a son given, and in him you will find more than the strength of men. You will find the power of Almighty God. And God's people said, would you pray with me? Oh, Jesus, you are mighty beyond what our minds can comprehend. Oh, that this Christmas we would block out the noise for but a moment and look into the manger and see your power, your glory, and your might. Oh, how we need to do that. Our soul has been wired to stand in awe of mighty things. And there's no one more mighty than you. Which just means that our soul's never going to be satisfied until we worship you and enjoy you. There are people in here, they're hurting. There's holly jolly songs playing on every radio station, but that's not the music of their heart. What good news we have to know that we can take refuge in a God that is all-powerful, who can give us the strength to handle whatever hell we're going through. And those in this place today that have not been reconciled, that have never bowed the knee and trusted Christ, oh, that today they would stop fighting a fight they'll never win and receive the victory that's in Jesus. And we ask it in his name. And God's people said, amen.